Welcome to another exciting podcast episode of The Decline and Fall of America. I am your worldwide podcasting host, Charles Factor, broadcasting live from the Foggy Mountain Studios and the Great Misty Beyond. Today we have a fascinating subject for discussion. We're going to be talking about why the United States has twice the poverty levels of other nations. What I'm saying, and what this article will be discussing here today, is that the United States has twice, that is twice, the rates of poverty as other nations do. Well, why is that? Why do we have so many Americans who are poor? Why do we have so many children in the United States that are poor? Is it preventable? Can we do something about it? Let's talk about rates of poverty today on the decline and fall of America. So today we're going to be talking about an article that recently appeared in the New York Times. New York Times is obviously a newspaper from New York. Uh, It's somewhat reputable. In recent years, it's become overly politicized, but I subscribe. And this is an interesting article. It appeared in in, in, in March of 2023, so it is relatively new. And the headlines in this article, the the title of the article is, quote, America is in a disgraced class of its own, unquote. And it's written by a person by the name of Matthew Desmond, who's a sociologist at Princeton University. He also wrote a book called Poverty by America. He also wrote a book called Evicted, Poverty and Profit in the American City. So let me read you this article from the New York Times, and then we'll discuss it afterwards. Quote, the United States has a poverty problem. A third of the country's people live in households making less than $55,000. Many are not officially counted among the poor, but there's plenty of economic hardship above the poverty line and plenty far below it as well. According to the supplemental poverty measure, which accounts For government aid and living expenses, more than 1 in 25 people in America, 65 or older, live in deep poverty in 2021, meaning that they have to, at a minimum, double their incomes in order to reach the poverty line. Problems and programs, like housing assistance and food stamps, are effective and essential, protecting millions from hunger and homelessness each year. But the United States devotes far fewer resources to these programs as its share of gross domestic product than other rich democracies, which places America in a disgraced class of its own on the world stage. Quote, on the eve of the COVID pandemic in 2019, our child poverty rate was roughly double that of several peer nations, including Canada, South Korea, and Germany. Anyone who has visited these countries can plainly see the difference can experience what it might be like to live in a country without widespread public decay. When abroad, I've met on several occasions, I've heard Europeans use the phrase American-style deprivation. Quote, poverty is measured at different income levels, but it is experienced as an exhausting piling on of problems. Poverty is chronic pain on top of tooth rot, on top of debt collector harassment, on top of the nauseating fear of eviction, It is the suffocation of your talents and your dreams. It is death come early and death come often. From 2001 to 2014, the richest women in America 
gained almost three years of life expectancy, while the poorest gained only 15 days. Far from the, pover- far from the line, poverty is a tight knot of humiliations and agonies, and its persistence in American life should shame us. All the more so because we clearly have the resources and the know-how to effectively end it. The bold relief issued by the federal government during the pandemic, especially expanded child tax credits, unemployment insurance, and emergency rental assistance, plunged the child poverty and evictions to record lows and powered a swift economic recovery. Quote, in six months, we reduced child poverty almost in half. Dorian Warren, a co-president of Community Change, told me, quote, we know how to do this. We do, but predictably, some Americans with well-fed and well-housed families complain that the country can no longer afford investing so deeply in its children. At its best, this, at its best, this is a, heart, a breathtaking failure of moral imagination. And at its worst, well, it's harmful. Quote, the past and the hard part isn't designing effective anti-poverty programs or figuring out how to pay for them. The hard part is ending our addictions to poverty. Poverty persists in America because many of us benefit from it. We enjoy cheap goods and services and plump returns on our investments, even as they require a kind of human sacrifice in the form of worker maltreatment. We defend lavish tax breaks that somehow accrue to wealthy Americans while starving anti-poverty initiatives. Quote, and we build and defend exclusive communities, shutting out poor people and forcing them to live in neighborhoods of concentrated disadvantage. Quote, to break the cycle, we must commit to becoming poverty abolitionists, like abolitionist movements against slavery or mass incarceration. Abolitionism views poverty not as routine or an inevitable social ill, but as an abomination that can no longer be tolerated. When it comes to work, we should attack labor exploitation head-on by finding ways to even the playing field between the workers and the bosses, supporting collective bargaining, for instance, and require that worker representatives be given seats on corporate boards. And Congress should increase the federal minimum wage, which hasn't been raised since July of 2009, and, like dozens of other countries, allow the federal government to routinely adjust the wage without legislative approval, ensuring that workers don't have to wait around for another 13-plus years for a pay bump, unquote. Now, that's just part of the article that appeared in the New York Times recently. I only read parts of it because it's a very long article. But I wanted to discuss this. I mean, he has some very valid points. During the COVID pandemic of all times, the government decided to address poverty. It increased child tax credits, rental assistance. And immediately within six months, they cut the poverty rate in half. But now that the COVID crisis is over, we've returned to a more austere government spending. The expanded unemployment insurance has been cut. The expanded child tax credits has been cut. The expanded rental assistance for poor people has been cut. And poverty rates are returning to their regularly um, extremely high levels. And of course, as he points out, for the last 20 or so years, 
the minimum wage in this country hasn't budged from, I think, $7.25 an hour. Now, granted, in a lot of places, people are earning more than that due to a labor shortage. But think about that. Why haven't the Congress, which has been, over the last 20 years, controlled by each of our corrupt political parties, why haven't Congress and the president, why haven't they increased the minimum wage in almost 20 years? Does that make any sense? I mean, minimum wage should be around $15 or so. It should be doubled what it is. So we're you and and even it's even lower by the way when it comes to illegal immigrants. You've got 20 20 million illegal immigrants here willing to work without benefits for pennies. I mean nothing. And it, it, a vi- in clear violation of our immigration laws and clear violation of our labor laws. And both political parties have allowed that to happen. And they flooded into this country and they undermine the working poor's ability to make a decent living. So we have a situation where our nation spends trillions of dollars on the military, not defending our own borders, clearly, but defending other countries around the world where we have no national interests. So we spend trillions of dollars on defending other nations, but we spend almost nothing on our own citizens. Our citizens are paying high taxes, and in exchange, they're getting very little in return. One example. A lot of people don't want to work anymore in the United States. Citizens don't want to work because it doesn't pay very well. And as I pointed out in a previous podcast, a majority of American citizens no longer pay federal income taxes. That's right. A majority of United States citizens no longer pay federal income taxes. That's a previous podcast you can listen to. Some of the times that's because they're wealthy and they have accountants and lawyers that can figure out how not to pay. And some of the time it's because they don't work. And if you don't work, you don't pay income tax. And some of the time they do work, but they're just so poor that the tax rates are so low on them that they pay nothing in in real dollars. So we have a crisis in this country, a crisis of poverty. And as the author of the article points out, we know what to do with it. And certainly, if we cut our military budget and started spending on our own citizens, we could cut our poverty rates in half again and keep them there. But right now, as I'm speaking in this podcast, and as the article clearly pointed out, our poverty rates are twice as high as other nations. Why is that? Why are we allowing that to happen? When people grow up in poverty... They're more subjected to violence. They're more subjected to drugs and people using drugs around them. They're more, they're more um, exposed to violent crime and like rapes and abuse. Their living conditions are squalid and poor. Their opportunities, educational and otherwise, tend to be more limited. Their schools and their neighborhoods tend to be ghastly, run down. Our big cities in this country are populated now with people living in tents on the streets can't afford rent. Our homeless shelters are bulging. Our prisons are overcrowded. Our mental hospitals are overwhelmed. Poverty has a lot of negative effects and not very many, has a lot of negative effects. Poverty does and doesn't have a lot of positive effects. So why are we allowing this? And why do both of our corrupt political parties do nothing about it? I mean, the article clearly shows we know what to do. We know how to address it but we're not doing it. And instead, the United States is now spending more on its military 
than 144 nations combined. That's another podcast you can listen to. It's already out there. Let me repeat that. The United States currently spends more on the United States military each and every year than 144 nations combined. But here we have the twice the poverty rates of other countries that are similar to us. So we're spending our money on the military. We're not spending our money on our own citizens. And as a result, our citizens are living in poverty. And if they're living in poverty, they're not paying taxes. And our cities are crumbling. And our society is crumbling. And the author in the New York Times points that out. This isn't working out. This isn't doing well. We need to change. What do you think? Do you think the poverty rates in the United States are one component that is leading to the decline and fall of America? I am your worldwide podcasting host, Charles Factor, broadcasting live from the Foggy Mountain Studios and the great Misty Beyond, wishing you a great day.